Greetings, I am SMR7-0, welcoming you to Spiricon's month of mega-hackers, mega-technology, and megalomaniac mega-corporations. In this first installment, our host San discusses a mystery cyberpunk film set near the end of the millennium. In order to assist him, Kel returns in order to add a unique perspective on the movie. So sit back, and enjoy this podcast. I don't know. I don't really feel comfortable with this. Are you sure? Come on, come on, come on. You you, you gotta trust me. You mean, I'm the guy who can get you what you want, what you need. You know, like like this podcast. It contains adult language and mature situations, true. But it's also got new chicks in it. And you know you like new chicks. I mean, I do, but... I mean, even though one of them is Juliette Lewis, I mean, come on. I mean, she's kind of slutty, but you get that kind of slutty nice thing. Also, you got these things called squid units, you know? You put on your head and you're able to see anybody's life. You could be what you want to be. You can do what you want to do. I mean... Haven't you ever wanted to go rob a liquor store? But that, this way you have no problems with it whatsoever, you know? But what if we get caught? It's no, not no. legal. I know. Paranoia is normal. I mean, so, sometimes you think, oh, I'm just being paranoid. But, you know, you don't got to worry about that. I mean, the only thing you may have to worry about is, you know, brutal cyber rape or, you know, or some crazy cops after you. But you, you don't got to worry about that. You got to trust me, man. I mean, I mean, my associate over there, Mr. Lenny Nero, he'll be able to help you. I mean, you got to trust me. Just trust me. Yes. Listener discretion is advised. Kill you with your smelly fingers Your smelly fingers from the sex you had on Christmas Day And now you say you're feeling guilty You're feeling guilty cause you got me shining on your face You go to church to light a candle And then you're blinded by the light from all the golden views The devil's laughing at your toes now Because the angels can't be bothered to live up to you Another episode of the Sparkin Movie Review, the podcast providing information reviews about genetically enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan. This is Cal. Yes, we're back again for another fun-filled episode. And more important than that, we are into another theme month. And what theme month is this? This is the month of megalomaniacs, mega technology, and mega corporations. Yes, we're doing something a little bit different than last time. It is Cyberpunk. Okay. Before that, we should tell you where you can contact us or check any of our earlier episodes. www.spirekin.com. You can meet at zanspirekin.com. cal.spirekin at gmail.com. We're going to get you at Spirekin soon. Don't okay. worry about that. We're on Twitter. <laughs> we're on Facebook. You can leave us comments on the website or on iTunes. You can actually rate us and leave us comments like what you like, what you don't like. Mm-hmm. You can listen to things like our infamous Fifth Element episode or They Live or Superman 2. Use only the maximum number of stars. Don't bother if you're not going to rate the maximum number of stars. Yes. We don't want those. 
Unless it's a Baz episode, then, well, actually, no, Baz episodes apparently are the most popular and the most hated because <laughs> of the fact. And also, if you really want to laugh, listen to our last episode where we ranted about porn. <laughs> and also yeah. people who have disabled abil- who are disabled. I mean, I had to edit so much out of that episode, seriously. We keep it classy at this Byrican movie review. Yeah, just a little bit. Yes, I was ranting about uh, Stephen Hawking's and, <laughs> and how he can't get it up. But, again, we digress. So we should get right into this point because the new format, we've been getting a little bit more, working a little bit harder into getting into what these podcasts are about. More importantly, some of you are wondering, what the fuck is cyberpunk? What is the cyberpunk we're talking about, man? I'm wondering that, and I'm the one sitting here. Yep. For those of you who want to hear the legitimate rule of what cyberpunk is, cyberpunk is this kind of genre which fits into sci-fi and it's noted really for high tech and low lives it's you got us versus them mentality you have everything run by one corporation and then you have everyone else to bomb the haves and the have-nots kind okay, of that's still pretty broad but okay but it's you, examples a lot of it's like detective fiction film noir things like that it's really just like following this troubled future as opposed to you know how most sci-fi films you have the idyllic perfect future where everything's perfectly wonderful perfect example star trek everything's yeah. wonderful everyone starts this is not that future this is the dark and gritty future where everything is all fucked up this is perfect example firefly okay firefly is a futuristic type cyberpunk because you have it where they're criminals your main characters aren't really heroes they're anti-heroes and that's what this is it's this weird type of world where technology merging with humanity a perfect example of this, another example, is Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell is one of the quintessential sci-fis because it has that fact where half of it takes place online in cyberspace, and you have that blurring between actual reality and virtual reality. I mean, it's a common trope in these stories, but it's kind of like, are you human? What makes a person a person? That's what these are about. I mean, does the memories of one person dictate who they are if something's implanted with it? You know what I mean? By definition, does cyberpunk have to be sci-fi? Uh, yes. Unfortunately, yes. Because it has okay. that advanced technology. Sometimes it can be something as simple as, okay, they have cyber hackers. I mean, giant mnemonic. It's, okay, they're able to jack into their head. That's one element of what makes cyberpunk cyberpunk. The other aspect which is key to cyberpunk is the megacorporation. It's that giant conglomerate. Replaced government and rules everything. They control political power, economic power, military power, everything. And if you're not with these corporations, you're against them, and you're at the bottom of the barrel. You are going to be poor and having a shitty life. And generally, our protagonists are the ones who are living this shitty life. They're trying to claw their way to the top or just get a piece for themselves. They're going to be the illegal drug dealer. They're going to be the hacker. They're going to be the street-side mercenary. They're the ones who, they're dirty, but they have that heart of gold with them. And they're also trying to deal with insane amount of technology. Sometimes the technology is as simple as you have advanced communication technology. On the other hand, you could have something as radical as I'm able to remove my mind from my body and put it into a sleeve, which is a fake cyborg body, which will give me super strength and make me awesome. It all depends on the degree of it. And I can go on and on about the origins of cyberpunk from Gibson's Neuromancer all the way straight through to some of the things which are based off of by Masamuno Shiro. But the point is that it's a very diverse and subvertive culture that cyberpunk started which we're not even going to get into but let's get right into it so if you remember from the last episode of the spyrokin movie review we rolled that one that only the dodecahedron of movies and it dictated that we were reviewing a movie but we we rolled this movie that was directed by Catherine bigelow Mm -hmm. she was married to someone at one point for those you don't know she was actually married to james cameron 
Okay. She's his ex-wife, and she actually did a lot of good movies, surprisingly. And then she did this, which was bizarre, because she worked on Point Break. She worked on K-9, The Widowmaker, which is a movie about apparently a missile coming to kill us all. K-9 or K-19? K-19. Okay. Whatever. K-9, The Widowmaker. Sounds so, like a dog. Yes. And then The Hurt Locker, which, you know, that movie's won every single fucking award possible, even though I did not like it that much. It was okay. I saw it. I thought it was kind of iffy. I really did. I thought it was kind of meh. But hmm. she worked on that. And then this is her first real solo project and a project that she did really well work on, in my opinion. I mean, you have James Cameron paid for it. He also mm-hmm. wrote the story, which shows a lot with these characters. Mm-hmm. And you have an ensemble cast of characters. I mean, you have William Finchner, who some of you may know from Prison Break. <laughs> Prison Break. Now, he was the, one of the best things in that show. Talk about jumping the shark. You have Vincent D'Onofrio, who, you know, surprisingly he looks like shit in this movie. <laughs> He's in a lot of stuff, yeah. so, or definitely was in the 90s. Yeah. Not have, so much now. Yeah. You have Michael Wincott. This guy, every time you see him, you think he's a villain. I mean, when you saw him in The Crow, he's a villain. <laughs> you see him in this movie, he's a villain. He has that, that raspy voice. You know, he's death. And he's also Guy Gisborne in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> you know, I've never seen that movie. Really? Yeah. It's decent. Uh, but he generally plays a villain and just a sleazy kind of douchebag. I mean, he wasn't that bad in Alien Resurrection. I try not to remember Alien Resurrection, even though it's Joss Whedon. It wasn't the worst of them. It's generally regarded as the worst. No, 3 is regarded as the worst. I don't know about that. And AVP. Yeah, that's its own series, though. <laughs> and AVP was good. AVP 2 sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, well, but AVP 2 gives you the pulse rifle. I don't remember AVP 2 well enough to remember the rifle, but... Yes. But uh, we also have Tom Sizemore, who... He should get an award for this movie for the worst wig possible. <laughs> Either that or it really was his fucking hair. I mean, he looked like a fucking scumbag. Like, oh, my hair is thinning. I look terrible. Like, when you first saw him, he said, my, his hair is so fake. Yeah. Well. He's Tom Sizemore. What are you going <laughs> to say? You have Juliette Lewis, and honestly, I hate this bitch. I really do. Why? She's not attractive, and she plays always a skanky, drugged-out whore. Every movie she's in, it's like, uh, uh you know, like, uh, yeah, uh, like, just get a better actress. <laughs> That's really. Do- I mean, you do get to see her titties. Yeah, but you know. But she doesn't have titties. They're not. A, they're, that's not a, um, much of a novelty anymore. It was in the '90s, I guess. This is '95. Yeah, this it came was. out. This came and, out in '95, and, and it's she just. You have girls who are so much hotter who they should be showing their tits. Her pit, <laughs> tits. No, it's always the thin girl who looks like she's like. I'll show you. I have tits. I'm a girl. See. Woo. <laughs> Like remember, yeah. like remember in uh, Zack and Mary, the girl who rips it all off. She's just there's nothing there. It's yeah, like, oh, there's nothing there. Till the porn stars show up, you don't really see anything. And I still, you still wish that Betty from uh, uh, Elizabeth Banks showed her tits. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, we all wish that. Mm. But we digress. Uh, and then you have Angela Bassett in this movie playing surprisingly a more masculine role than she used to because the movie before this was what uh, was. What's Love Got to Do With It, where she played Tina Turner. <laughs> yeah. She's I like, didn't see it, but yeah. I could see her being Tina Turner. Yeah, but she's all, like, depressed and skanky. And Mace in this movie, you think that she was, like, depressed and lone and w- a weak woman? No, I would not say she's a weak woman in this movie. Pretty badass. Yeah. And also those triceps. I mean, I don't like muscular chicks, but she looked decent in <laughs> Kind of like, mm, this is not bad. There's Zan likes women that can throw them around a little bit. No, no. I prefer Dainty, but, but <laughs> like it's, if you got to compare between her and Vita, 
who I don't even know who the hell played her. I'm not even going to look on IMDb, but she <laughs> was like, Vita is this really big albino chick who just, she looks like. Yeah, yeah. figure similar to like China from wrestling. No, China looks like a girl at least. This looks like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but I'm talking about the muscularity of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Ray Fines or Ralph F- Fins. <laughs> I mean, th- that's one thing I have to think. His name is spelled so fucking weird. It always is. Ralphie Finese. So, like, is it Ralph? Is it, it says Rafe. It's Finnish, but still, like, what the fuck? It's like, <laughs> how the fuck do you? It's like, uh, I don't know, George. How do you fucking pronounce it? But, again, we digress. And what is the title of this movie? Strange Days. Yes, it's based on the second album released by The Doors. And it's a movie which, it takes place over two days. In the year 1999! Yes, so far in the future. And it's New Year's. Yes, it's New Year's. It's the day before New Year's. It's December 30th. And this takes place over two days. But it seems like it takes place actually a lot longer than that. It does, yeah. It doesn't seem like it's two days, but... Yeah, it's after watching a couple times, you kind of figure out that it works like this. It opens up midnight on the day of the 30th. He's up for six hours, then goes to bed, sleeps. Then he's up for the rest of the day. Then he goes to sleep. It's kind of like that. It breaks up like that. Mm. And it takes place over two days in 1999. For those of you who don't remember 1999, you know, you had a bunch of crazy people saying that it was going to be the end of the world and that. Yeah, yeah, there was the whole scare. Yeah. Even before the Y2K thing, it was people were kind of crazy. And then some of the, oh, we read the scriptures wrong. It's gonna be, tw- it's gonna be the year 2000. That end. The 2001 should be end. And then now it's 2013. Almost. And then you know, it's what's next after that? 2032. I'm sure somebody will come up with a new deadline for when we're all gonna die. So. I don't know. Anyway, so it takes place in LA, in the center of the universe. Because most movies take place in one of two places. It's either gonna be. New York, L.A., or Miami. So, three places. Well, mainly two. I mean, we're not the center of the universe. <laughs> we're not going to lie. New York is not the center of the universe. Yes, it is. We l- Come on. We have listeners from <laughs> other places. We're trying to make them feel good. <laughs> yeah, but you know it's veiled. They they know. Bow down. Bow down to New York. <laughs> okay. But at this time in the 90s, a lot of people thought that L.A. was the center of the universe, where all the fashion came from and all that. Mm-hmm. And in this, in this movie... In 1999, it's literally a fucking war zone. People are going around killing each other. Santa gets beaten up by two people randomly. And as a result of this crazy shit, the police are responding to make it essentially a police state. You have checkpoints and the military is out to respond in the event that there is a riot. It's just a time when everybody is against everybody. It's a powder keg. All you need is one little spark to cause anarchy. Did they explain how... That happened? No, they just said just shit escalated. That things got worse and worse and worse. Because remember, that was around the time of the L.A. riots, too. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone's like thinking everything's going to just escalate and get fucking worse and more crazy. And this is the setting of the world, but the movie doesn't open up like that. The actual movie opens up in a point-of-view sequence, which is of a guy robbing a Chinese restaurant. Yep. And it's a, a POV scene that's done really well. And this is where they invented their own camera for this, right? Yes, they did. They they yeah. did that so it was a way to, you know, because we'll get into that in a moment. But it's you see this thing where it's, it's a guy goes in, he's gonna rob a bank, rob the rob the restaurant. He goes and then goes horribly awry, mm-hmm. and then he he ends up going to jumping from one building to another, fucks up. He ends up dying, and then 
it reveals that this is actually a memory from a guy who's wearing this device called a squid unit, or a superconductive quantum interface device. Which, what does it do, really? So, more or less, what you have to think of is it, it will record somebody's brain activity, what I think about it, memories, perceptions, audiovisual, everything. Record it, save it to some kind of storage, and then the squid unit can then be used later to recreate. So you could wear this thing and relive the recorded sequence. And think of the wonderful things you could do with this. Imagine, for example, if you've never had the money to go to Fiji, you can buy a, a, a squid unit tape, which ironically there are many disc tapes. You buy one of those, you put it in, and suddenly you're at Fiji, and you're hanging out, and you're doing all this crazy stuff. You know, you're on the beach, you're walking, you see all the hot girls, or better yet, what would most people really use this for? Of going to Fiji? What porn. Would you, yes, not just porn. You're there. Say if you want to be with that hot chick over there next to the big scary guy, you want to be with her for that right, you know, couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. That's what this. That's what it is. And our main character is essentially a black marketer in this stuff. Deals in bootleg squid recordings. He's Lenny Nero, this former LAPD officer, played by Ray Fiennes. Now. You said bootleg squid. There's no official squid stuff, right? Well, apparently it used to be made by the FBI and police to be worn as a as a wire that you couldn't detect. Okay. Only problem is that they got a hold of it and, you know, black market. We're going to use it for what it should be used for. Right, okay. And he's pretty much sells it. He's not, but he doesn't deal in the snuff, which is the what he calls a blackjack, which was in the first scene that's what it is it's when it ends where someone dies right he doesn't deal on that that's his whole reputation that's his whole deal and since lenny is such a charismatic guy he deals with a variety of clients and he knows everybody in town and what's the did this movie bomb i'm looking at the budget versus the box office yeah this movie bombed yeah. we're not gonna lie the movie was made 42 million dollars it bombed at seven thousand. but it's a cult classic it's a mm. it's a cult film which a lot of people really really enjoy they kind of dislike i mean it's got a 90 percent on rotten tomato if the reception is right yeah it does hmm. so a b minus rating on that but I um, what uh i wonder what its competition was opening weekend i, don't I mean i'm not saying we should look it up but you know cause yeah, it's gonna it take seems like something uh seems like something that would have done better than this it would have but it's also the time is that sci-fi is generally one of those n- niche markets yeah, and especially the fact is it, the op- the trailer, the first trailer I showed you, you were like, uh, this is weird. Yeah. The second one, the one, the newer one, looks better, but that first one just of Lenny talking to the camera, explaining, giving his sales pitch. Yeah. It doesn't work. But to get to the point of what the plot is, one of his regulars, an old friend of his, this girl named Iris, is being chased by cops, and she's trying to get a hold of Lenny because she has something for him, and he he ends up getting involved in this whole situation where he f- gets a hold of something which may or may not be what it seems. Mm-hmm. That's too vague? No, I mean, you know, it's supposed to be vague because the audience doesn't know. Yeah, it's it's he gets involved in a situation which he doesn't know it, but he is actually at the center of this whole thing. And it, it leads to all this craziness where you have him dealing with his ex-girlfriend, who's played by Juliette Lewis, whose name is Faith. Yeah. That whole alliteration, he lost his faith. Yeah. And you have his best friends, this P.I. named Max, and this who's a bodyguard named Mace, played by Angela Bassett. And they're his only support in this world. And the sad thing is that they're forced to watch him make these poor decisions because of one simple fact. He is a junkie. He's addicted to his own product. He's like most good drug dealers. Yeah. 
he's reliving in the past. He keeps reliving the, the squid tapes of him when Faith loved him and when she they were together. Yep. And he can't uh, he can't cope with the fact that she's um, moved on. That's correct. But more importantly than that, Lenny's in a very peculiar situation because of fact, unlike with most people in a bad relationship or, or they're lamenting their old relationships, they're able to forget over time because those memories fade and they are designed to fade and go away. But for Lenny, it's different. He can actually go back in time to when she did love him and he sees that. It's 3D real, you know, and he can't just let go yeah so it's uh it's like looking at old pictures to the you know utmost extreme yes and until he can let go of this which i don't think he can because things are getting worse he can't really get into that but on the other hand lenny does have another option and that's mace angela bass's character because she doesn't outright say it but you know she's actually really in love with him i mean what type of girl well realistically there are lots of girls like this who are willing to do almost anything for the guy they're interested in. You need a ride, they'll help you. You need money, they'll help you. You need assistance just with a job or need help getting a job. They are there willing to help you. And the guy generally doesn't do anything for them. He's kind of a user a bit. And that's Lenny's situation where he constantly is asking help from Mace and he's not really putting forth the effort to, or he's oblivious to the fact that this girl is doing so much for him. And it's sad because Mace is a really good person, and she's helping this guy out, who she knows is a waste of time, but she can't help but love him. And he has an opportunity to be with her and be happy, but it's like he's more focused on that past relationship, which is doomed to fail because she's now with the guy Philo, played by Michael Winscott. But I digress. The movie is a mystery about what's going on, what happened, if what you see is what you get. And if what really happened happened, because there's murders involved, and then there's a conspiracy of who, what is really on the tape that Iris had, and all this other crazy shit. But overall, the movie just, it's something that I'd say you'd have to, to actually experience. Yeah, that's fair. It's what be fair. I could go on to like what Philo Gant or Michael Wincott's character, but that you have to watch the movie for yourself. Um, we're not going to spoil more of the plot, but let's get into some of the things that we did enjoy about the film. I mean, like... Uh, wow, this is a long movie. It was a long movie. It was a two-and-a-half-hour movie. Wow. Remember? You were sitting there like... Eh. like <laughs> I tried watching this with Corrado. He bounced halfway through it. <laughs> but also because his new boyfriend was like, I need you to come over and, and be my bottom. Okay! <laughs> well, no comment, but... Well, we, well, well the audience knows. You know, Corrado's... <laughs> well, actually, is he the bottom or is he the top? I don't know. I don't know. I've never asked. To our to our single fan girl who actually draws doujinshis about us, figure that out. <laughs> is Kurado a top or bottom? I don't know. You figure it out. You email us. Spyagunasgmail.com. <laughs> now, one of the best scenes in the film, or worst scenes in the film, is the pseudo-rape. Yeah, that was a weird one. What did you think about that? Because it's 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 because you see the rape from the rapist point of view. And then... He's basically put something on her so that she can watch him kill her. Yes. Yeah, that was really messed up. So she, so she's there being murdered, but she's experiencing, in addition to her own terror, she's experiencing his pleasure from murdering her. So 
Like, it doesn't get much more of a mind fuck than that. I yeah, mean, he's, he's getting off on that, and it's just a very violent and very disturbing scene. I mean, that's pretty much the definition of... You, you can't get much more yeah. much more of a definition of mind fuck than that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, that's pretty, uh, Cause pretty crazy. Some people said that was a dumb scene. Other people said it was twisted. I mean, what did you think? I would think say twisted it? is more applicable than dumb. I mean, it's... It's definitely violent, and it's uh, you know it's definitely uh, you know disturbing if you really sit and think about it, like I what's going on. If you sit there and you really analyze what the girl feels in that si- in that situation, it's really twisted. I find it to be an uncomfortable scene. Hmm. It's just uncomfortable to watch. I mean, it's not like ooh, look at this. I'm getting kind of hot. Yeah, no. <laughs> I may need to. No, it's just kind of like this is really. I. It, oh God, it's not. Oh. Fuck no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then the later one kind of, maybe? No, towards the end of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't as bad as that one. The first one is can't be topped. Yeah, but there are other scenes, like the scene when he he's the image of the killer in his house actually like you see him like he has the opportunity and he just doesn't. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That was creepy too. It's that was really creepy. It's kind of creepy to sort of think about that. Like if someone said, "Oh, here's pictures. I could have killed you right now," and I didn't. You look like, "Oh, fuck." <laughs> yeah. Just imagine you wake up and, you know, the easiest way to think about it is exactly what Zan just said. You wake up and you find pictures on your stomach. Let's say you look at the pictures and it's somebody taking a picture of you sleeping just hours ago with a knife pointed at your neck and could have easily killed you and just decided not to. How creepy is that? No, wow. it is pretty creepy. I mean, there's there's a bunch of other scenes we could talk about that would explain the creep factor, but also kind of the fun factor in this movie, too. We'll get into that to brighten the mood a little because it's been a little bit down. Like, yeah. the fact is that Lenny, I like the fact that he's a talker, that he's constantly trying to scam people, yeah. trying to talk his way out of every single freaking problem. Possible. And how many, I think if you want to play a drinking game, he's got to do, like, a shot every time he gets his ass kicked in this movie. Or when he offers someone his watch. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, you want my watch? I got a real one. Fuck! <laughs> You'll be plastered by the end of the movie if you do that. Yeah, but he actually does kick ass when he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna... He's like that guy who beat his, his ass four times. He just knocks him out. Yeah, well, when he needs to, exactly, but he does get his ass kicked a lot in this movie. Yeah, but then... And Angela Bassett has to save him. But that time when she says that's the first time when he runs back and kicks that guy in the nuts, he's like, <laughs> that's fucked up! Yeah. <laughs> you thought the same thing, like... And Angela Bassett, she is pretty kick-ass in this. Yeah, she's pretty masculine. She's like the prototype for a lot of the new, more masculine female protagonists who aren't don't need a man to help them. It's, she's like the prototype for Trinity and for... Um, I'm trying to think of another character. Um, well, what about uh, Alice from Resident Evil? Alice. Alice from Resident Evil? Yeah, no, she's... No, she's pretty kick-ass herself. She's the main hero. Yeah. But you, you, my listeners, our listeners get the point on this. But I'm trying to say, just she's kind of she's not a damsel in distress. She's no, she saves <laughs> Ralph Fiennes is the damsel in distress. No, yeah, Ralph Fiennes <laughs> is the damsel in distress. He's the little bitch, and the, it's <laughs> he, it's some of the scenes like when she's really pissed at him when she's driving away, where he's like, he's like, can we just talk? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throws him out of the limo three times. Like, get the fuck out! I want you dealing in my fucking. Like, but, 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 can I just get my? Can you just hold? <laughs> Yeah, Kanzi trying to talk his way out of it. He's, he's slick, and I like the one reference she says. She's like, she says he's like a plastic man that nothing sticks to. Mm, yeah. And he, uh, what else? Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in this movie, decent. Yeah. You know, typical uh, performance from him. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, William Finchner, just kind of. 
I, I didn't expect him to go out the way he went out. I was like, really? Who was he in the movie again? The one cop. One of the two cops. They're both the two cops. Okay. He's the one. All right, yeah, the other cop. Okay. The yeah. one who didn't do the... That scene is kind of dumb. Because th- this movie does have, like, a climax, and then it has... It's like a Lord of the Rings situation where it's got the climax, and then it's got ten more minutes. Mm. But I think that it actually works, the ten minutes extra work. Some people say... You're talking Return of the King where the movie refused to end? Well, yeah, but... Okay. I, th- I think it, it was fine, but I'm... For another podcast. <laughs> yeah, okay. But this movie kind of just keeps going and going. and it, it, But it works. It, it fits the situation because there is a couple of little su- subplots left. The main story is done, but you still have that last piece, like what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's still those elements there. But again, we get, digress. Uh, film was shot pretty cool. The fact that they actually had to build a mini camera to do the point of view scenes, which all seem very flawless, even though they do a lot of tricks with it, was kind of cool. And it hold up really well. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, pretty good. Soundtrack for the movie is really cool. I love the fact that like all the music in this, it's all a lot of acid punk, rap, rock, a lot of the racial tension in the film, which we didn't even get into because we don't really want to cover that because it's kind of the down part about it because there's a lot of that whole us versus them mentality again, but it's a lot of, there's one song called No White Clouds in Blue Skies. (laughs) Kind of, it's a little ham-fisted and a little... (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it is kind of from the time. I mean, if you think about it. Yeah, we don't have... The L.A. riots, you know, came from that, so... And Rodney King and, you know, cops are are evil, and the music fits this film really well. Do we teach that in school now? Uh, I mean, it's already 20 years ago. They probably do, maybe. I don't know. I haven't been to school in 20 years, so I have... I know, fuck, it's been 10 years. Yeah. Oh. Well. All right. Enough of this. Enough of the depressing shit. No more of thinking of, of the past. It's not the past. We're looking into the future. Actually, it's the past still. Fuck. <laughs> still the past that we're looking into. And in the in the in the viewing of the future, this was actually not that crazy. It wasn't like completely super. The end of the world is going to happen, and we're going to be like Mad Max. It wasn't that, and it wasn't. Well, yeah, it definitely wasn't that crazy, but it was. You know, still. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, still militaristic state, you know, kind of lawless. Uh, that's almost a contradiction. It was om- It's more lawless than militaristic, you know. The kind of cops are afraid to police certain areas, stuff like that, you know. But, I mean, the fact is they say, oh, there's overpopulation. There's a 7% job, r- job loss rate. Yeah. The gas is over $3 a gallon. That doesn't sound at all familiar. Was Obama the president in 1995 alternate universe of this movie? I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, at this point, we're not going to get into that because it is an election year and we're not going to get into who <laughs> and why and what. I mean, I still say vote for the bong with the sunglasses, but that's me. Because, I mean, you got two wonderfully horrible people. I say Zod for president. Hail Zod. All Neil. Neil before Zod. Neil. Neil. All right. Well, you heard it first. Neil right before in. Zod. Right in. But they're going to say, which Zod? Like, is it Zod L or Zod X? No, come on. It's Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp Zod? Yeah. Not, not, not Michael Rosenbaum Zod? Or Colin Blue Zod? Colin Blue Zod was not bad. He was not bad, but Terrence Stamp Zod is... If he had the mustache, perfect. Colin Bloom would have been perfect. Mm, he yeah. should have had the fucking mustache. Man, I really like those last few seasons of Smallville. Yeah, yeah, they were really cool. They were really, uh, really well done... All right, but anyway, so... That's impossible. Yeah, it is. 
Yes, exactly. So, I guess with that in mind, we should just get into that part. The, our reviews of the movie. Our rating for the movie. Now, we have a five-point rating system for those who don't know. Our highest rating being really, really, really fucking cool. If you don't watch tonight, your brain will freeze your eyes with soap and your foot will be forfeit to the ninth layer for hell. You'll be forced to watch episode one for all eternity while Jar Jar Binks massages your shoulders saying, Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. And meanwhile, you're forced to watch as someone rapes you through a squid unit. <laughs> it's really bad. To our lowest rating, which is protest outside your local red box and no one rents this reprehensible piece of shit, our medium is going to be worth watching in theaters once or twice. Now, out of our five ratings, what would you actually give this film? Okay, so you see, it was not a bad movie. Maybe it was a little long. Um, I think that's probably a deterrent. But it's not bad. But it's also... I want to say kind of forgettable to me. I mean, I saw it, I liked it while we were watching it, but then kind of forgot about it afterwards. So I'm going to say watch once in theaters or on DVD, and you're done with it. That's a good That's a good rating. I mean, I'm personally going to go a little bit higher than that. I mean, I really enjoy the film. I think it holds up okay. It's not great, but it holds up really okay. I'm going to say, um, well, actually, you know, borrow from a friend and never return it because it's one of the better cyberpunk films. It's not the best, but it's a good way to open up cyberpunk. You know, because it's got that us versus them mentality—the police versus the criminals. You have all the other little bits of, about it. You have the, the advanced technology, it's just a squib unit, but you have that advanced technology, and you have the story of a guy who's trying to redeem himself in a world where there's it's all fucked up. And I mean, some people say this has a very ambiguous ending. I think it has a kind of it ends on a happy note. I mean, yeah, it does. I mean, he doesn't have the happiness that he wanted, but he has the that he could make his own happiness in this really shitty world. Yeah, and it is a shitty world that he lives in. Yeah, definitely. We all hope that Lenny could things will work out for him. Um, yeah. So, I guess with that in mind, so uh, remember you can check us out www.spirekin.com. You can email us zanspirekin.com. Cal.spirekin at gmail. And we're on Twitter, Facebook, and I guess that part you're all waiting for. What am I talking about? I'm talking about that one. That only. The Dodecahedron of Movies. Yes, friends, the Dodecahedron of Movies. Now, what is the Dodecahedron? The Dodecahedron is a 12-sided object, specifically a dice. And what we're going to do is we're going to roll that one, that only, that Dodecahedron of Movies. And whatever number it lands on, that's what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spyrokin Movie Review, episode 71. And it's going to be the second episode installment of the month of... Mega corporations, mega technology, and mega man, man, whatever. I'll <laughs> insert the, the actual legitimacy here. So let's, so let's roll that one, that only that dodecahedron of movies to see what we're reviewing in the next episode of the Spark and Movie Review. Number two. Ooh. So in the next episode of the Spark and Movie Review, we're going to be watching a movie which. Our friend Joseph Odie McConnell has been obsessed about a movie which is kind of sci-fi and sci- cyberpunky, but some people say it's not. It's more film noir. And what are we talking about? We're talking about that Ethan Hawke film, Gattaca. Well, Gattaca is a good one. I've it's seen a, Gattaca. It's a, it's a really decent film, but the question is, is it cyberpunk? Uh, it, 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 g- given your given your definition, I'd say so. It's an us versus them mentality, and it doesn't have advanced technology. But sure, it, it does. The cloning is advanced. True. And yeah, so yeah, so it does. But we'll find out in the next episode when we review Gattaca. So with that in mind, uh, this is Cal. My favorite quote is: "You see that guy over there? That's Deputy Commissioner named Palmer Strickland. 
The sanctimonious prick who busted me out. His ass is so tight when he farts, only dogs can hear it. And this is your host, Zahn, for the Spock and Movie Review. And my favorite quote from 1999, Strange Days, is... Bullshit, Max. It's conspiracy paranoia. The issue isn't whether you're paranoid, Lenny. I mean, look at this shit. The issue is whether you're paranoid enough. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the flip side. See ya. Bye.
Now listen, I want you to know what, what we're talking about here, okay? This is not like TV, only better. This is life. It's a piece of somebody's life. It's pure and uncut. It's straight from the cerebral cortex. I mean, you're there, you're doing it, you're seeing it, you're hearing it, you're feeling it. What kind of things, exactly? Exactly anything. It's whatever you want, whoever you want to be, okay? I mean, you want to go skiing without leaving your den, you can. But I'm assuming that a guy like you, you want to go skiing, you fly to Aspen. That's not what you're interested in here. It's, uh, it's about the stuff that you can't have, right? The forbidden fruit, hmm? Like running into a liquor store with a 357 Magnum in your hand, feeling the adrenaline pumping through your veins, huh? Or, um... You see that guy over there with the drop-dead Filipino girlfriend? Wouldn't you like to be that guy for 20 minutes? The right 20 minutes? Yeah, and I can make it happen, and you won't even tarnish your wedding ring. Sounds good. See, I can get you what you want. I can. I can get you anything. You just have to talk to me. You have to trust me, okay? Trust me. Because I'm, I'm your priest. I'm, I'm your shrink. I am your main connection to the to the switchboard of the souls. I'm the magic man. Santa Claus is the subconscious. You say it. You think it. You can have it. You want a girl? You want two girls? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you think is what you're what you're curious about. You want a guy? Maybe you want to you be a girl. Hey. Think of that. Be a girl. See what that feels like. I mean, maybe you want a nun to tie you up. It's all doable. Talk to me about costs here. Okay, now, before we get into numbers, I want you to try a taste, okay? I got... So, arguably the best villain in Mega Man 3 is going to be... Hard Man. Snake Man. Snake Man really over Hard Man? Because Hard Man has the knuckle punch, which literally will do damage to anybody. Hard Man is too sexually suggestive, although so is Snake Man. <laughs> no, the only one who does not have a sexually suggestive name is Top Man, and yet he's the only character that you use to actually beat Wily at the end. His power is useless, but then you use it against Wily. It kills him in one hit. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Maybe his real name is On Top Man. Oh, yeah. I want to see a Mega Man game where Mega Man's the only guy and it's all the robots are girls. Mega Man 9 has a female robot master. Splash Woman. Ooh, Splash Woman. Yep. Woman, 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 woman. All right. Mega Man fucks her in the end. Spoilers. He fucks her and roll in a menage a trois. Yep, incestuous robot menage a trois. Did you see the, the Mega Man movie? No. It was actually an online movie. Someone did a 90-minute film with Mega Man. It's actually really good. With what footage? No, they made their own, like, they did the thing. It was like a student film. The whole film, it explains everything with the fact that Wiley creates them. It's, it's really well done. And I have to check it out. And it, go, it was on, Maybe we should review it. It was on Screw Attack. We'll do that. 90 minutes on Screw Attack? It was a 90-minute film on Screw Attack, and he and it explains the whole fact originally, because he was originally uh, Dr. Light's assistant, and he had the ability to duplicate tools. That was his oh, that's why he can copy the powers. Yeah, okay. he just duplicates the the, the so. I think works. that's actually storyline from the game. It is. 
It's it really looks like Dr. Wiley's really just the guy they get is just really. <laughs> he, he he's Dr. Wiley, like you see, you picture it. That's Dr. Wiley, but the actor's like, really? You couldn't get someone a little bit more. Oh, it's live action. It's live action. It's done. Uh, really well. I thought it was animated. No, it's live action. The the robots are CG though. Well, most of them are. Oh, all right. So check it out. All right. So that test is good. Rock on. Have you ever jacked in? Have you ever wire tripped? You ready? Oh, no. Oh. Oh. <laughs> this is not like TV, only better. This is life. It's a piece of somebody's life. It's about the stuff that you can't have, right? The forbidden fruit, straight from the cerebral cortex. I mean, you're there, you're doing it, you're feeling it. Are you beginning to see the possibilities here? I am your main connection to the switchboard of souls. I'm the magic man. But this got something to do with the wire. Sooner or later, it washes up on your beach. Fan mail from some flounder. <laughs> the dark end of the street. How do you like it now? You recalls it all. Everything. And gives it to you. Why me? There's more to this whole thing than you think. Give us the tape right now. You know how high up the food chain this thing goes. You know what this tape could do if it got out. I see the world opening up and swallowing us all. This is conspiracy paranoia. The issue isn't whether you're paranoid, Lenin. The issue is whether you're paranoid enough. No more games. Whatever's going on, you have to get out of here now. Get him out. This tape is a lightning bolt from God. It can change things, things that need changing before we all go off the end of the road. It'll be an all-out war, and you know it. No! Well, maybe it's time for a war. No! Oh, man, cheer up. World's gonna end in ten minutes anyway. Hey, wait! 